Awesome. Uh, fun fact. <laughs> fun fact, Marissa is stuck. But also, speaking of Marissa, uh, that was like the first time you've led on guitar, like in a really long time. So, and you, just, are you all right? <laughs> you want to, we could do the message together. Great. Just come over here. We'll be good. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> it'll be perfect. Uh, so anyways, yeah, that was like the first, the first time uh, Marissa's led on guitar for like a really long time. Uh, but it just reminded me, yeah, you could clap for her, I guess. Um, it reminded me of just like trying new things is good. Um, and whenever we talk about like leading and stuff, uh, there are not many places, like many middle schools, like rooms or whatever, like middle school ministry spaces where it's like mostly student led. Um, and so I just want to give a shout out to like everybody who is in the band and plays. Like that's a really brave thing to do. It's like you can be pretty nervous like getting up in front of people and playing together. You have to figure it out. You got to practice together. You have to like know what you're doing a little bit. And it can be, you can be like a little nervous, but I just like props and wanted to give a shout out to everybody who's in the band and just say thanks. So can we just give it up for them for playing and like using their talents and all those good things? So uh, so thank you guys for doing that. But then a good reminder is that there may be some of you sitting in the room right now who also have some musical ability, whether you can sing or maybe you can play the piano a little bit uh, or drum or play the guitar. Maybe you play electric or bass or whatever. Like we can make space for you up here. Um, and I want to encourage you to like maybe either talk to me or Marissa uh, about jumping in or do you have questions or whatever. Um, but we would love to have as many of you playing and doing stuff like this as possible. Even if you're interested in maybe serving in a different way, like if you're interested in like what, how the tech board runs and all the sound stuff, if you're interested in that, I'd love to talk to you. Um, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, well, I can't play music, but I can like push buttons. Um, that's a great thing too. So I would love to just encourage you guys to think about that. And just those are ways to like serve and use little gifts that you have to yeah, serve God's kingdom. So it's a small thing, but it really plays out in a really big way. So just want to encourage you guys with that. Uh, so you guys have been here for the last couple of weeks, and I know a lot of you have. We've been in our series called Routine. Uh, and so this is actually the last week in our Routine series. I'm kind of bummed about it. I love, I've been like loving this series. I think it's been really great. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying it. Uh, and, and the primary question that we've started off with every single week uh, is this. Uh, am I following Jesus? Am I following Jesus? And, and from there, we have then like just looked at a couple different things um, about how Jesus lived his life that we see in scripture. And then from there, we ask ourselves the question, how do I implement that in my life like right now? Like how do I do that today? Um, and, and so we've looked at scripture and then also speaking of looking at scripture, uh, really fast before we get too far in, uh, I want to let you guys know that we've got, uh, there's like a bookshelf now, like all the way in the back, uh, back there, and there are Bibles on that bookshelf. And so can I right now actually do this? Can I have a couple leaders go over there and just like grab a handful? If you don't have a Bible and you need one, uh, can you like raise your hand and we can just like pass out a bunch of Bibles if anybody wants? Yeah, raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you need a Bible, do it. Raise your hand. Grab it. We bought these Bibles for you guys to use. And so if you even come in here on a Sunday and you're like, oh, I forgot my Bible, just like as soon as you come in here, grab that Bible. It's a great way to save your seat. Um, and so you can grab it, throw it on your chair, and, and have it. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, then feel free to just like take one of those home with you. 
So just so you guys know, uh, if you find yourself getting distracted looking at the Bible on your phone uh, and you're like, man, maybe I should just have like the regular Bible in front of me, then I would encourage you to do that as well. So, because that's what I would do. I would be distracted. I'd never get distracted by anything, you guys, ever. Even the own things I said. Yeah, that would never happen. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> cool. Thanks, guys. Um, so, yeah, so we'll probably, we'll probably start doing that, too. Maybe we'll find a time either, like, right after worship or right before sermon stuff starts somewhere in there or, like, right now. So just if anybody needs one, they can always grab one or we'll pass them out. So, um, so yeah, so we've been looking at Scripture. Uh, and also, the translations are NLT, so that's what I use up here. And so it's the same. So if your Bible that you've got even is different and you want to look at a different one, that's this. So anyways, all that to say. Uh, we've, been, we've been digging into this, and it's been really, really good. Um, if you were over in main service earlier even, it was really interesting. Uh, Pastor Mike was even just talking through what it looks like to follow Jesus a little bit, of just like knowing Jesus, um, and how, yeah, even just laying down kind of these accomplishments or things that we have in our life that we think like help get us to Jesus. Uh, it was like a challenge to lay those things down even and to say, are we trying to get to Jesus by the things that we do rather than just simply knowing him and like accepting the life that he offers us? And so with this routine series, we've looked at that idea of following Jesus, of knowing him, um, and, and that if we say yes to that question, am I following Jesus, then the things in our life, like our practices, our habits, our routines, all of those things should look like we're modeling our life after Jesus. And the only way that you can know what that looks like is by reading more about Jesus and knowing who he is and, and understanding his character and the things that he taught and valued. And, and there are four gospels in the beginning of the New Testament that we would look at and say that is a great place to start. So I, I want to encourage you guys that as we've talked about this, um, all these different routines and things that it, your life should look like if you're a follower of Jesus, I don't want us to get these like flopped, like flip-flopped. Um, and what I mean by that is that this stuff, all these routines, are what happens or what should happen when we know Jesus and have been changed by him and, and choose to follow him. It's like first comes salvation, knowing Jesus, following him, and then all of these things that should kind of pour out in our life, that comes after. And these are things that we learn and grow in and develop in and like get better at as we get older it's not the other way around where if I do these things and if I do these specific things or if I practice these things or if I show up to church enough or if I'm a nice enough person or if I say a lot of nice things, if I never cuss, if I don't ever blah, 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 like if I give all my money away, if I spend time, like then if I do all that, then I can show up before God and be like, look, I did all that stuff. Now, like, let me in kind of a thing. That's not, that's backwards. And I don't want us to get that confused. I think sometimes whether we know it or not, we let that creep in and we believe that if we're just like good enough or we're nice or we just kind of do some nice things here and there or show up every once in a while to church, like then that makes me a Christian. And that is not true at all. And so you have to ask yourself that question of how are you living your life? Are you living this routine because of what Jesus has done for you? Or are you somehow trying to like earn this like, your like Christian title card or something like are you are you are you reversing those? It's important. Um, it changes the way that you live. 
So this last week, uh, we looked at how Jesus would look at Scripture, and we're kind of gonna we're gonna kind of do um, like part two of that uh, this morning. Uh, and so if you will just really fast kind of run through some of the verses that we looked at last week, we were in the book of Luke, uh, and Jesus was on the road to Emmaus with these two dudes, and they started talking about Scripture. Uh, and so Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe that all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? And verse 27 says, then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So he points at the writings of Moses and all the prophets and all of the scriptures, the things concerning himself about how they're pointing forward to Jesus. And then uh, the next verse in that same chapter is verse 44, um, when he is in the room then with the disciples and all those guys. And he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. And so we looked at that. And then we even, there was like this big chart that I threw up there um, that looked at kind of the difference between our Old Testament and what the Hebrew Old Testament, like the Hebrew Bible, uh, looks like. If you want to throw that, throw that one up there for me, Kyle. Thank you, sir. Um, so we looked at the Hebrew Bible, even how it's maybe arranged a little bit differently. But in the Hebrew Bible, there are three main sections. You've got the Law of Moses, the Prophets, which include all of these, and then a section called the Writings, uh, which starts with the Psalms and then is kind of this like collection of other writings. In there, And so whenever, whenever Jesus says all the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, or like the writings, all of these things, he's covering all of these scrolls of Old Testament, and he's saying, this all is pointing to me. So even as New Testament believers, right, I think we spend a lot of time in like the back half of our Bible. We read the New Testament a lot. It's an, it's a, it's an easier place for me, if I'm honest, to just like start to read because a lot of it is like letters and encouragement or like instruction. Um, and so and it, it's, just, it's just easier to read. It's harder for me to open up uh, to like first Kings and start to read about like genealogies and like these things that were happening like two, three, four, five thousand years before Jesus ever even showed up. Like, and, and they're using the laws of of Moses, they're, they're talking about, like, you need to sacrifice these pigeons and, like, wave them around and stuff. And, like, and that's just hard to read, like, if I'm honest. We, we would probably all agree. I would say the same thing. Um, but the important thing is that whenever Jesus starts talking about the importance of Scripture, know that he's not talking about this, what we have today in terms of, like, New Testament. The New Testament wasn't compiled even until a couple hundred years after Jesus left. Um, but the Old Testament, those scrolls were around in a different order, but nonetheless, they were available and, and read every single weekend on the Sabbath uh, in the synagogues um, and, and were like a very sacred thing. They were scrolls that you would physically like pull off the shelf, lay them out, and then roll them, and, and you would have somebody who would read it, and it was in Hebrew. And so if you didn't know Hebrew, you were like out of luck. And so typically it was like you would, you would have someone read it to you and you would listen. Uh, and even like young boys that grew up in the Jewish tradition, the like common education for them, it wasn't like learn math and, and, uh, and like social studies. It was very much, here are the laws of Moses. You need to memorize them. 
So imagine just like going to school and your main job was just to memorize like the first five books of the Bible. And that's all you did. I guess if that's like the only thing that you did at school, potentially then that might, I might be able to do that. But it, would, it took years. Like, and that's what they did. So it was, they had scripture and the writings of the Old Testament so ingrained in their hearts um, and on their minds that um, what we're going to talk about next, I just want to let that understanding influence then where we're going to go. So put that in a little box and like put it over here. And now we're going to move into what we're doing today. Um, so there is a, there's a term that we have. It's a very Christian-y term. Uh, how many of you have ever heard of a quiet time? Yeah? Okay. You can raise your hand. It's fine. Um, yeah. I, it's, a, it's a word that we use. Uh, some people say quiet time. Some people say a devotion. Uh, some people say time alone with God. Uh, what they really mean is some type of moment during the day that you would like intentionally connect with Jesus with, with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, like that with God, you're saying, I am going to stop and connect with you, whether it is reading or praying or sitting in silence or journaling, or maybe it's singing songs or just like hanging out. Um, there are all different kinds of things that people would describe a quiet time as. But I think in general, we think of, if somebody's like, did you do your, did, have you done a quiet time today? Like, we typically think of like a devotion or the fact that uh, you're going to sit down and like open up the Bible and, and just like and read something, right? That's kind of our general idea. Um, and people do it at different times. A lot of people talk about doing it in the morning or in the evening or just like finding time um, at a different space throughout the day that you can like make that happen. Um, so go ahead and go to uh, Joshua 1. 7 and 8. Joshua 1, 7 and 8. Um, so I've got it up here, but if you don't have your Bibles, here it is. Uh, so as we look at this, there's going to be a couple passages that I want us to, to take a look at. Of just scripture even talking about the importance of like reading and meditating and like soaking in the word. Uh, so the cool thing is, in this passage, this is actually, this is the first scroll after uh, the law of Moses. So if you think about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you have those first five, those are called the law of Moses. Then uh, the next book is Joshua. Next scroll you would pull out is Joshua. And so even from the beginning of this scroll, uh, this is what is written. Joshua 1, 7, and 8. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So I have a question for you. So at the beginning of verse 8, it says, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written on it. What is this book of instruction that is being talked about in this verse? If you think you know, you can yell, you'll yell it out. The Bible. Why do you think the Bible? 
That's great. That's also a good question. Do you think that whenever it says, uh, study this book of instruction, the person that wrote it meant like this, right here? Old Testament. But what about the other books that hadn't been written yet? That's fair. Joshua, he was writing, writing about the, the scroll that, he was ri- that they were writing at the time. That's a good guess. What else? <laughs> what else do you think? I heard somebody say the Torah, <laughs> which is the law of Moses. It would be that. So because the, the book of instruction even that, uh, that they had, right, it was, it was like the law given to Moses probably. It was probably even just that. It was all these laws and all these things that they have here. And like if you look in uh, Exodus and all the way through Deuteronomy, a lot of that um, when it would be like, what is this, this study, this book of instruction, what is that? It's just, whenever you read it, our minds immediately go to like, oh, like this is talking about, about the Bible, right? And we can, we can kind of infer that now in our day and age. Um, but even back then when it's like, study this book of instruction, it's like day and night, read like Exodus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's like your only reading, and meditate on it day and night and like figure out what you're supposed to do. Could you imagine if the only thing that you were ever able to read was like Numbers or Leviticus? Like that's the only thing that you had to read. It's just an interesting thought. So that's one example in the Old Testament. Um, there's another one in uh, Psalms. And so if you go to Psalms uh, chapter one, Psalm one, uh, verses one through three, here is uh, what's written in Psalm one. So it says, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with the mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. So again, they meditate, they delight in the law of the Lord. So even in Psalm 1, that is probably a reference to a lot of the Old Testament scrolls, right? Like none of the New Testament has even been written yet at that point. So now the cool thing is that we get to read this and we understand that what we've been given in the New Testament is also influenced and written by the Holy Spirit, that we get that, right? So that's important. But whenever this was written and heard, like if you were in the synagogue and somebody stood up and read the scroll, your mind would immediately just go to like the laws of Moses and probably some of the writings of the prophets then, even at that point, that were available, some of these scrolls. And so whenever Jesus was hanging out and uh, the rabbi stood up on, on a Saturday morning, that's whenever Sabbath was, uh, they would open the scroll and hear them read this to them. And they would be like, yes, this is good study these laws, think about these things all the time. Um, And so whenever we think about even like meditating or taking a quiet time, even in our our minds, um, we think about like reading scripture. And so whether it's Old Testament or even New Testament now, this idea of like meditate on the word, for us, I think it means reading. But like what happens when that's not available? Because this, uh, like, Reg, a like widely printed book thing that is available uh, is like a recent invention in the scope of like history. Um, 
the way that this is pieced together that you got writing on the front and back of like both pages and like wrapped up really nice in this little package. This is like a new thing. And so whenever we think about what does a quiet time look like or what did that look like even for Jesus, do you think he was like carrying around like all these scrolls like in a little backpack and he'd like get up every morning and like, like in the grass, like unroll Leviticus or something and like read it? No, that's not what's happening. Um, here's a, a passage in Mark, uh, Mark 6, 45 through 48. Uh, sorry, yeah, 45 through 46. Uh, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up in the hills by himself to pray. So there's all these verses kind of scattered throughout the gospel that talk about Jesus like sending people away so that he can go spend time by himself either to pray or just to like spend time with the father. So I was thinking about this this week and, and even this idea that like if Jesus had a quiet time, did it even like, did it mean sitting down and like reading scripture? If Jesus had a quiet time, do you think he sat down and like read the Bible? What do you guys think? You think he, you think he sat down and he like read the Bible? No? Head nods? Anything? No. He did not. Because, <gasps> yeah. Um, because it just wasn't, it wasn't widely available like that. And so the crazy thing is, is that whenever we have these different pieces of scripture that tell us to meditate on the word or meditate on the law, um, and even these examples of Jesus who goes by himself, a lot of his quiet time was just like prayer. And, and I think it's funny. I want to like help free you guys of something. Uh, there's like this weird idea that like, man, if I don't, if I miss my like time in the morning or if I miss reading the Bible in the morning, like reading, um, then like somehow my quiet time like didn't count. You guys ever feel that way? People ask, hey, do you have a quiet time? Do you do devotional in the morning? Do you? What's that look like? And there's always this ex- expectation that, like, Scripture is a part of it, which is good. Not, I'm not bashing on that. Um, I would say that it's good. But I grew up in a way where, like, if you weren't sitting down and reading, like, a chapter or two a day of the Bible, then, like, you were, like, a bad Christian. It was, you were bad at it, Right? And, and I, I want to let you guys know that that's not the case. That's not true, all right? Um, there should be a desire to get away. If we're going to model our lives like Jesus, Jesus is the one that says that all the Old Testament, all the law of Moses, the prophets, the writings, all those things point to Jesus. And if I want to know Jesus better, then I can't just only read the Gospels. I need to also look at the Old Testament and even some of those hard-to-read passages and try to just ask questions like, what does this mean? Or why was this written? Or what's going on here? Like, ask a friend, ask somebody who's older, and like, talk about them. Let them influence the way that you're living and like, just the way that you're thinking. Like, that it would be something that is like, on your mind. And so even whenever I think about a quiet time or just like, time, with, time alone with God or having that moment in the day, what Jesus did a lot was just he would get away to pray. And then you know what he probably did? He probably thought about different passages or verses or parts of scripture that he just like remembered. 
and would just like think about it and meditate on it and let it fill him and challenge him and like maybe change like just all these things. He allowed God's word to be something that was so part of his life that even when he was away from scripture, like the scrolls, he was still able to think about it, all right? And, and I would say that I would be the first to raise my hand and say that like memorizing scripture is something that I'm really, really bad at. It's like this thing that I wish that I was better at, that I did more of. Um, I have friends who are really good at, at stuff like that. I can remember a song or like random dumb uh, like movie quotes like immediately. I go see a movie one time and then I'm like back and forth. I could like, I could quote to you the whole Nacho Libre, like the whole movie, like right now, but I might, I get like two verses into Genesis. All right. And so then I feel bad about that because I'm like, so it's, it's this idea of like, what am I allowing to like fill my memory and fill my heart so that I'm thinking about those things on a regular basis. If, if I allow something like uh, a part of scripture, let's just, let's just go, to, go to Matthew 5. Go to Matthew chapter 5, all right? If I'm, if I'm sitting around in the morning or, or whatever, and I just grab even just like the first couple of verses in here, um, it says, one day Jesus saw crowds gathering and Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. So if I just sit down and I just start reading that, all right, and I like blow through it, all right, cool, I can say I read it. But if I really sit down and I, and I even just take in, even if I just look at those first two verses, this is, all, this is like a random passage, by the way. I, haven't, I didn't like look at this. This was just the first thing that came to my mind. I would look and see, one day Jesus saw the crowds gathering, and I could look at it and be like, all right, so there's a bunch of people coming around Jesus. Jesus, he goes up on the mountainside and he sits down, and his disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. So then I have this like picture of these guys and this crowd kind of hanging out around Jesus. And they're like waiting for him to teach or like say something. And the first thing out of his mouth is, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. And even that one statement, if I were to like let that kind of fill my brain and my heart for the rest of the day, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. He blesses them. Man, what does that mean? What does it look like for God to bless me or bless someone who are, who's poor and they realize their need for him? What does that mean? What, what does needing Jesus even look like or needing God? These are all questions that I would have like kind of come up in my brain. Do I have a need for God? I do. So what does that mean? Like, and I just start to, I start to think about those things or as I'm reading through it, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn for they'll be comforted. Think about people in my life who are like sad or going through like a really hard time. Moments that I've been like devastated or been hurt. 
And so then I'm like encouraged because I know that God is one who is close to those who are brokenhearted or sad. Those people are comforted. So I can, I can take comfort even in the moments where I feel like that. If I were to read that even in a, in a moment where I was feeling like brokenhearted or crushed, like that would be really encouraging to me. But then that truth, God blesses those who mourn for they'll be comforted. Maybe everything is going great. Maybe my life's awesome. But I can like tuck that away in my heart and think about it. And then whenever I, months, weeks, years, whatever down the road, I hit a moment where like life blows up and stuff gets crazy and I don't know what's going on, then that truth, I think the Holy Spirit does something in our heart, that truth even of just that like, blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted. Like it's okay that I feel this way. It's okay that I'm like absolutely crushed right now and I feel so sad and I'm brokenhearted, and that God sees me. And not only does he love me, but it says God blesses those who mourn. So like even showing this emotion, this is good. This is good to feel this, to show this. Like it's, this is a good thing. And that even in my feeling like this, I know that God's, God's close to me. And then I can say, man, God, thank you for loving me and caring. Like all that from just like a couple of verses. And if, Imagine if, if you let that or these types of things like sink into your heart in such a way that you would meditate on them, that they would like fuel you in, in the way that you interact with people, in the way that you see other people. God, in verse nine, God blesses those who work for peace for they will be ch- called children of God. And it's like, man, I want to do that. I want to I wanna be that. I want to work for peace. What does that look like? What does that mean in my life and in my heart, in my own world, and then in the world around me? How do I fight for that? How do I achieve that? How do I point people to Jesus? How do I bring peace into the world? How do I become a peacemaker? What do I do? And you ask those questions and you try new things and you, like, and you allow that and you see something happening at school like and you can step in or you have a friend, somebody who's like, who's dealing with whatever, and maybe they're the one that's crushed or brokenhearted. They've, they, man, they just had a relationship. They got dumped. Maybe something's going on at home. They got something going on with themselves. All these things are happening. And you can look at them and you're like, man, I, I can love them and I want to love them. And, I, and you know what? Who loves them right now even more than I do? God does. Because he, he blesses those who mourn. Like he's, he sees that person and I can even then go and help. And so when you allow that stuff to like stir in your heart, it changes the way that you act around other people. It changes the way that you live your life. Just in a couple verses, and and as you read through his teachings, as you read through scripture, if you allow it to set in, then there's all these parts of scripture too that are all interconnected and point you to different things, but all of them are pointing you ultimately back to Jesus. And so that as you allow yourself to kind of soak in the word, then even if you're going to have a quiet time where you're going to pray or just like be quiet, even then I think what your heart like longs for or what your prayers even sound like, they begin to sound different because you have a, you're like, you're familiar even with the desires of God's heart from scripture and what he, what he wants for you and for your life and for the people around you. And so then even your prayers begin to sound differently. What, what you're doing becomes different. Your routine, your habits, all of these things look different because you're allowing Jesus to change you and you're allowing his word to change you because all of it eventually even just points back to Jesus himself and the fact that all of us are in need of rescue and that we're broken and that we need someone to come and save us. 
And so then that changes the way that we act and live and do things. You see how that's all kind of flows together? And so then we come back to this question that we asked from the very beginning of this series. Am I following Jesus? Am I following Jesus? And we looked at a couple different things where if we say yes to this question, then a few of these things that we'll throw up here on the board, like they should be influenced by Jesus. Your routine, what does your daily life look like? Do you, do you find rest? Do you put the phone away just for like a little bit or just even just get away from friends and family and just like get a moment of, of quiet where you can even just like rest and be reminded of the good things that God's done for you and be thankful, like let that sink into your heart. Does your routine involve good friends who wanna love you and point you to Jesus and encourage you? Do you have friends who need Jesus that you can be around and encourage them? Do you have a community of people around you that's gonna support you and lift you up and, and be there for you in the same way that Jesus created a community around himself? Are you, are you learning what it looks like to be generous with your time, with your gifts, whether you're running the sound, whether you're playing up here, whether you're doing something at school, whether you're helping out at home, whether you're meeting with a friend? Some of you have the gift of even just being a good listener. You can use that to like love your friends and help them. Are you, are you looking at how Jesus lives a simple life? He is not concerned with a lot of the things that the world would throw at us to say, you need this, you have to have it, you want this. In order to live a good life, you have to have A, B, C. No, Jesus is like, no, it's just me. And time with the Father and loving your neighbor and loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then does scripture take part in your routine? Like even figuring out how can I read this better? We had small group this past week um, and one of the questions was like, what's something that keeps you from reading scripture? And, and in our group, it wasn't even just like time, like, well, I can't find the time or I'm really busy or whatever. But like the honest, the honest answer um, for a lot of us was like, sometimes it's really hard to even just like know how to read it. It's hard to read it because I don't know what it's saying. Like, not that I don't make time for it, but even whenever I open it, I'm like, well, I don't know what any of this means. Like, why do I gotta worry about what some dude does with his goat, like in like Leviticus. What's happening there? What is that? How do I read it? But the only way even to get better at it is to like try and ask questions and like immerse yourself in this and to make time for it. So the hope is that in all of these things, that if you would sit here right now this morning and you would say, I'm a follower of Jesus, Christian, I love, love the Lord, he has saved me. I believe in him and, and the son. Yeah, I believe in him. I believe in Jesus and his sacrifice for me, his death and resurrection. Like, I believe all of that. Then our routine should look very different from the routine of those around us who don't know Jesus. And I think that our lives are better for it because we would say that if Jesus offers the best life, then that's what we should want. And, and as we follow him, then we look at his life and we just say, what did Jesus do? And we just try to practice those things and we figure out what that looks like in our own lives. So, and the cool thing is, it's not an impossible task. He leaves it to us. He leaves it to his disciples to follow after his footsteps. And then he sends the Holy Spirit to then like help them do these things. He doesn't leave us alone. 
And so this is not an impossible task, but this is something that you're gonna get better at for your whole life. And so why not start now, every single day to figure out what does it look like to put these things into practice? And even on the days where you feel like you failed or you forgot or whatever, like God still loves you and you're still his. And it doesn't mean that he like forgets about you or is like, oh, I don't know. Jonathan didn't read his Bible yesterday. You're out. Like, that's, not, that's not how it works. <laughs> he wants you to know him better. And the only way to do that is to make sure that your day in and day out routine is one that's pointing back to him and pointing to Jesus. So I love you guys. I'm going to pray for us and then we'll get out of here. Jesus, we love you. Thank you that you came and lived. God, that you point us to scripture. You point us to the fact that everything written in here um, is about you. I pray that all of our lives, everything that, that we do on a, on a regular basis, day in and day out, would be pointed back to you. God, thank you that you love us so much, that you care about us, and that you sent Jesus to come and die and save us. God, even as we um, move towards Easter here, even the next couple of weeks, God, I pray that we would be mindful of that. Um, and I pray that as every student and every leader walks out of here, that we would take a look at our routine and we would ask ourselves the question, am I following Jesus and how does this change my routine? How does this change my life? So God, would you change our lives, change our hearts, point us to you. We love you. Jimmy, pray all these things. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Love you. See you later. Yo.